0: Anybody doing good? Anybody at all feeling good right now? Anybody? Good. Because you all look good. Your face masks look good. Some good-looking face masks in here. Um, hey, speaking of, of looking good, Phil, Phil, could you come up here just a second? This is Phil. Phil did not know before today that I was going to make him come up on the stage. But look how good this beard looks. Listen. Every time I walk into the basement, I look over and I see Bill's or Phil's like beard like flowing in the basement AC. I get beard envy, Phil. It's good, but this this guy is amazing. Now, something about um, Phil and I. I've I've literally known you, Phil, for your entire life. Literally, I remember like um, back in the day, in, in, when I was four years old, I'd be sitting at our church in the front pew of church. You know, pews, pew pews. And uh, Phil, your mom was in the choir or the praise team, and uh, she was pregnant on the stage, and that was you, Bud. You've been on stage your entire life. You didn't even know it. Um, But here's something you you don't know about Phil is um, almost every Sunday, Phil's the guy who puts my podium up here during the video, and Phil will always say to me while the video is playing, you guys are watching that. He'll say, "Joel, today's message is going to be awesome. I can't wait to hear you preach." He'll say something like that every single Sunday, and Phil, man, it fires me up. And so, like, when I get on the stage and I'm fired up, and, like, last weekend when I did, like, my in-the-club dance, if you weren't here last weekend, you missed it. um, Anyway, that's Phil's fault, because he fires me up. But in all seriousness, man, I appreciate you so much, and uh, I just want to tell you, this guy fires me up to preach every single week. And so Phil didn't really want to be up here, but let's show Phil some love right now. Thank you, Phil. You too, buddy. Hey, while we're at it, let's show some love to our online family right now. Give it up for them. Thank you guys for watching on YouTube, Facebook. And uh, I want to show you guys some love, all right? So give me some some air fist bumps. I need some air fist bumps. Boom, air high fives. All right, air muscle shows. Air muscle shows. Butch, best one in the room. Okay, I love it. All right, let's jump into today. This is week two of this series called Hopeless. And we're just talking about getting a little hope right now because who could use a little hope in 2020? Anybody at all? My goodness. And so speaking of hope, you guys could use some hope. I I got it. I got hope. It's true. Uh, Because Bo Dukes, our worship leader, he is uh, building me and my wife's house right now. And it's almost done. It's... It's close. I mean, we're talking weeks, people. I can can smell the new siding. I can smell the cabinets. I can smell the mortgage, people. It is coming. And so it is super close. Um, And that's good news for my parents because we've been living with my parents for the last year while we've been building, and when we moved in with my parents during the build, I was like, hey, guys, don't worry. You won't see us much. We're gone a lot. And then the pandemic hit. And the stay-at-home orders hit. I was like, Mom and Dad are going to be seeing a bunch of us. Um, anyway, you know, one of the side effects of this uh, pandemic is is you can't get appliances. No, see, you can't. They know. You can't. It's like an appliance Shortage, which you need appliances for a new house, right? And so, um, back in May, uh, we ordered our appliances from Best Buy, all right? Because Best Buy was like, "Oh, we we will have your appliances for you. We would love to take your money," which they did, all eight thousand dollars. Sorry, my heart stopped beating for a second. Anyway, um, but a week after we ordered our appliances I got an email from Best Buy that said hey um, your items are now out of stock please reschedule your delivery which I did and then a week later I got another email that said oh we're sorry your items are more out of stock further out of stock please reschedule your delivery again so I did and then I got another email that said oh we're sorry, your, your items are even more out of stock. Please reschedule your delivery again, again. And I actually have like video footage of how I reacted the third time. You, you, you want to see it? Okay, here, here's how I reacted that third time. I got it. I, I had an office space moment. Anybody ever have one of those moments? <laughs> My wife Stacy was like, Honey, not, not only is the Lord watching, your children are watching. You can't act like that. And also, your parents are watching, because we live with my parents. Anyway, so I was struggling with my attitude a little bit, trying to figure out this whole thing. And so, last Friday, um, I, I called Best Buy to sort things out, and I talked to Robert. And Robert, was, he was great. Robert was like, Mr. Tice, I'm going to fix this for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to personally guarantee your appliance delivery day." Robert even told me about his dog. It was good. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Robert is great. Best Buy is great. This is great. And, and we're, we have this conversation, and, and we're two hours into this conversation, okay, long, long conversation. I'm in the car for the last part of the conversation, and my kids are in the car with me, so they can hear this entire conversation happening and so robert at one point in the conversation said mr tice i need to put you on hold for just a moment and i'll be back with you in a second and so i was feeling like really good so i was feeling like a little little inspirational so i turned to my kids and i was like hey kids we are always nice to people even if they if we're frustrated listen i said robert he's just trying to help us and i said people probably yell at robert all day long but not us because we are tices and we represent jesus And I was feeling, like, really good about my pep talk. And my kids, they were into it. I could tell, like, they were like, oh, Daddy, you're you're, you're so spiritual. I was feeling really good about this pep talk. And so I'm just waiting a little longer while on hold. And then the on hold music went away. And, And I heard this. And somebody said, hi, this is John from Best Buy. How can I help you? I was like, where's Robert? And he's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know who Robert is, but I'm, I'm John, and I'm, I'm here to help you today. How can I start helping you today? I'm like, John, we are two hours into a conversation with Robert. I said, I've told Robert. Robert has personally guaranteed my delivery date. Robert is, is like telling me about his dog, John. John, I don't even know if you have a dog. You're probably a cat person, John. And I just went off the rails. I was like, this is what's wrong with Best Buy. You all should call yourself worse, by. I just lost it. My kids are looking at me. They're giving me this look like, Daddy, we always have a good attitude because we represent Jesus. And I'm like, well, you all want to be little preachers? Okay, just, just be quiet back there. And I just like, I lost it. I had that, that moment. And, and like, we still haven't got our appliances. I'm still living with my parents. And I'm still struggling with my attitude a little bit. Um, And so my question to you is, have you ever had a moment where you lost your attitude or lost your your stuff and you lost your attitude a little bit? Has it happened to anybody? Come on, just raise your hand, everybody. It'll at least be therapeutic for me. Two hands. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But here's the thing. Here's the thing. We all have a daily struggle with our attitude, Right? And, and anything can set it off. I mean, j- just think about this. These are things that can set off our attitude in any given day. Okay, you wake up to go to work, and you're out of K cups. Bad attitude, right? Then you, you pull on the Route 24 to go to work, and you pull behind somebody going 17 miles an hour. Look, you know who you are. You need to pick it up. But bad attitude. You get to work, and you get that email from your boss. Bad attitude. And then, you're like, on the way home, you're like, oh, I'm just going to make myself feel a little bit better. I'm, I'm going to go get some fast food. And you go to the fast food. You order your fast food. You go pick up your bag from the window. And on the way home, what are you going to reach in that bag and get a little bite of? French fries. But there are no fries in the bag because they got your order wrong. You should have went to Chick-fil-A. <laughs> Christian chicken. But, bad attitude, right? And, and then you get home, and the Wi-Fi doesn't work. Who's that giving a bad attitude? Anybody? Oh yeah. So no Wi-Fi. And so you got to watch television. Like TV. And so you watch, you turn the news on. Bad attitude. Real bad attitude. And so you're like, I just need to get away from this. And so you take a walk to the mailbox and that's where you get the bill for your internet that is not working right now. Bad attitude. And then you go in the house and then magically your internet starts wor- internet starts working so you can pay the bill. But you go on Facebook because, you know, that's the place where we connect with each other. I mean, yell at each other. (laughs) Does anybody miss the good old days of Facebook where it was just like pictures of lattes and people's cats? Anybody? You miss that? I don't even like cats. I miss that, okay? And and then, let's say this. Let's say you're just, you had a bad week. You had a bad attitude. So you're like, I'm going to go to the beach on Saturday. Just gonna get away. I want to go beach it. i have a good day. And and you you go to the Indian River Inlet over here to pull in there. But you didn't know that there's a sixty percent capacity on who can pull into the inlet. And so you pull up and you is late. And you can't get a parking spot. And you look in the parking lot. You're like, okay, who got here before me? Who got that sixty percent? Who got that space? And you look in the parking lot. Look at the license plates. You're like, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania. Oh, there's a Salt Life sticker. Pennsylvania. Okay, like, Pens- just kidding. If you're from Pennsylvania, that's all I'm in love. I'm just kidding. It's telling tell in silence in the room. But does this sound like anybody else's life, like these things that give you a bad attitude? And it's so easy to get a bad attitude. And I don't think we just have a virus pandemic going on. I think we got an attitude pandemic going on. And so today, I want to talk about getting an attitude vaccination I thought that was like clever. Okay, an attitude vaccination. Anyway, but here's the thing. There's some things that we can do to change our attitude. There's some things that we can do in our life to replace a bad attitude with hope. There's some things that we can do to make our marriages better, our families better, our friendships better, our life better. And we, we can change our attitude. You, you know what uh, Maya Angelou said she said this we'll put this on the screen i think this is brilliant she said if you, if you don't like something change it if you can't change it change your attitude isn't that good i mean give me give me an air fist bump for how good that maya angela quote is that's good and this idea comes from this because th- this shows us that we can change your attitude this shows us how We can change our attitude. And and here's what I really believe. I believe you can either choose your attitude or your attitude will choose you. You can either choose your attitude every single day or your attitude will choose you. And so today's big idea, if you're taking notes, we'll throw this on the screen. Today's big idea is this. If you want a better life, choose a better attitude. If you want a better life, choose a better attitude. So just let me see. Who wants a better life? How do we do it? How do we do it? There it is, right there. So um, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to be in uh, the book of Colossians. And um, I I really feel like where else do you look when there seems like there's nowhere else to look? You look look to Jesus. And so we're going to look at what a guy named Paul has to say about Jesus. I think this is going to help all of us. We'll throw it on the screen if you don't have a Bible in front of you. And this is Colossians 3, verse 1, and it says this. It says, since you have been raised to, help me out here. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your what? Set your sights. We'll come back to that a lot. Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. And so there's Daddy Jack right over there. (laughs) So here's the thing. Back to this verse. You know what this verse means? This means when you become a Jesus follower, you have a new life. When you become a Jesus follower, you have new realities to set your sights on. And these realities should make you hopeful and not hopeless. And and part of having a new life means having a new attitude. And so to have a new attitude, you've got to set your sights on some things that maybe you're not setting your sights on now. So I'm going to give you two attitude vaccinations today. The first one is this. Set your sights on God. Set your sights on God. Now, um, 12 years ago, my wife, Stacy, she picked out her family dog. And when we first got married 12 years ago, we didn't, we didn't have any money. Okay? We, we couldn't afford, like, a designer dog, des- these design- like a Yorkie Poodle, Golden Doodle, all these, like, the, like, no, we couldn't afford those. We could afford a Cheweenie. And so here's what happened, all right? Um, we, we had saved $250 in our puppy fund. And uh, Stacy found this puppy in the guide in in Del Mar. And so one day when I wasn't home, she went to go pick up this puppy from Del Mar. And when I got home, um, I I came into my kitchen. And and here's a picture of what I saw. This is what I saw in my kitchen. Yeah, you you say, oh, I grew up with Rottweilers. And so I walked in. I'm like, honey, is is this a gerbil? And she's like, no, it's a a Cheweenie. And I never heard of Chewini. I'm like, is a, is a Chewini a gerbil? And she's like, no, it's a Chihuahua and a wiener dog mixed. I'm like, is that all $250 buys you nowadays? Is, is a Chewini? <laughs> anyway, when um, Eli was born, okay, uh, he, or when he was a little puppy, whenever anybody would come to the front door and ring the doorbell, he would, he would start dancing. Start dancing, okay? And he'd start barking like, woo-hoo, anybody with a dog? You, you know what I'm talking about, right? The, the dance at the door. And in and, and Eli's small little mind, and I mean small, little, he got a little mind, okay? And his small little mind, he thinks the whole world is about him. And so he thought whoever was coming to that door was there to see him. And so he was so pumped that every time that somebody would open the door and come in, they thought they, he thought they were coming to see him, he would get so excited, he, he'd pee a little bit. And, and I thought, okay, you know, he's a puppy. He'll grow out of it. No, no, no. 12 years later, he has not grown out of it, people. This is what a $250 dog will get you, okay? And so, like, every time Eli gets excited, to this day, he pees a little bit. Some of you are like, me too. Listen, stop it. <laughs> Don't need to know about it. <laughs> but... That, that was his problem. That's always been his problem. But Eli has a new problem, okay? Eli has always slept in, in bed with Stacy and I. Uh, but during the pandemic, his new problem is he, st- he started peeing in the, in the bed. And I'm like, just when you thought the pandemic couldn't get any worse, the dog, the, my dog is peeing in my bed. And so after 12 years, he got kicked out of the bed. And uh, we, we have this little igloo for him. And so um, every night we, we, we try to put him in this, this igloo. Now Now, here's the thing. Eli hates the igloo. And so whenever it's bedtime, Eli disappears. Dog gone. Dog, He raptured. Ra- gone. He's out. And so I was trying to figure out how to get Eli in here. And, and this is what I discovered. Okay, Eli has this thing right here. This is his ducky. He's very sad right now because he doesn't have his ducky. Okay. I figured out that when I can't find Eli at nighttime, if I just do this. Eli will pop out. And and even though he hates this igloo, okay, I will do this. Eli comes out, and he's just shaking or whatever. He's doing this whole thing, and I throw it in here. Eli focuses in on that thing, and even though he hates his igloo, guess where he is going? Right in the igloo, man, which means he's not peeing in my bed, which gives me a good attitude. But Eli, he has this way of focusing in on this, and and he, he focuses out of the thing he doesn't like. And the reason I told you that is because there is so much power in, in where we focus our attention. And in the verse that we, we just read, if you can put up the second version of that verse, um, Paul says this, just to refresh your memory. We just read it, but he says, set your sights or your focus on the realities of God. In, in other words, when, when this is your focus, when this is, gets your attention, then doesn't that help our attitude. And, and so, so what happened? You set your sights, you set your focus on God. But isn't, isn't it true <laughs> that we have a tendency to focus and think about things that are not good things that give us a bad attitude? Have, have you noticed this? Like we, we focus on the criticism instead of the compliment. Anybody ever done that before? We, we focus, yeah, we focus on the, the bad news and not the good news. I focus on the fact that we don't, we don't have appliances, but we got a brand new house, right? I, I, I focus on, you know, you might focus on the, the problem customer instead of the happy customer. Or you might focus on your bad kid and not your good kid. Just kidding. Not really. Anyway, but, but isn't it true that we have a tendency to focus on what gives us a bad attitude and think about the things that give us a bad attitude instead of the things that give us a good attitude? That happens to all of us. And so um, the direction, the direction of your focus will determine the direction of your attitude. So wherever you're looking will determine the direction of your attitude. And in the next verse, and I'll just kind of summarize this. uh, After verse 1, Paul says this. He says, think. Think or focus. Everybody say focus. Focus on the things of heaven and not the things of earth. And In other words, focus on the good things in your life. Instead of the bad things in your life. And so I'm going to help you with this. Uh, We we have a slide we're going to throw on the screen. You guys can throw that next slide. Okay. There's kind of two main categories of, of areas that we can focus on and think about in our life. Okay. We can think about the already. Or we can think about the not yet. We can think about the things that God has already done in our life. Or we can think about the things that God hasn't done yet in our life. And where are you? You are here. Remember when you were in the mall and you look at a little thing? Like, you are here. This is where you are. Now, um, here's a tie-in for, for all of us, okay? Wherever, whichever side of this graphic you live on will determine the attitude you go through life through, with, okay? And so if you're, you're already, or you're focusing on um, the, the not yet, you're, you're going to be moody, man. You're going to be moodier than a teenager without Wi-Fi. Who's got a teenager? You know they're a little moody without Wi-Fi, right? Okay, And so let let me give you some examples of what um, not yet means. I'm going to give you some personal ones up front, and then I'll kind of broaden this out to kind of catch everybody in the room, okay? So if you've been kind of like, you know, not paying attention, let me me grab you back in. Here's what I mean by living in the not yet and focusing on the not yet. Um, Here's some examples. Have my appliances shown up yet? Not yet. yet. Can that give me a bad attitude? Oh, yeah. Okay. Did our family get to go to Disney like we planned for in June? Not Not yet. Are extended family holiday dinners completely drama-free in my life? (laughs) Not yet. Hello. Um, Do my kids always listen to me, make good choices, and thank me for being their homeschool teacher during the pandemic? Not yet. Never. (laughs) That's it. Did anybody thank me for doing the laundry this weekend? (laughs) Not yet. Okay. Thank you. Does my, my beautiful wife Stacy always rub my feet after a hard day? Not yet, but I'm a man of the cloth, I have faith, OK? So it could happen. Do I always feel a sense of purpose and that God is always with me? Not yet, honestly. Have I conquered crippling anxiety on stressful days? Not yet. Here, here's some ones that you might have. Is my coworker doing their job so I don't have to do it for them? Not yet. Are are politicians always wise and making good decisions? Everybody say not yet. <laughs> Am I in shape and looking the way I want to look? Unless you're Butch, the answer is <laughs> not yet. Did they return my text yet? Not yet. Oh, wait, there's there's bubbles. You ever seen the bubbles? You're going to get an answer back. Oh, then the bubbles go away, right? Not yet. Uh, is, is my marriage happy in the way I want it, you might say? Not yet. Maybe you're single and think, have I found a good-looking, Jesus-loving person with a job? <laughs> All the single lady said, not yet. <laughs> Did God take away the diagnosis? Not yet. Are my adult kids making good choices? Not yet. Do I live in a world where people care more about being kind than being right online? Not yet. Do I live in a world where people don't judge others by the color of their skin? Yeah, I mean, it is 2020, my goodness, right? Not yet. Is the pandemic over? Not yet. Have I beat the addiction? Not yet. Am I out of debt? Not yet. Have they canceled the 2020 NFL season? Not yet. And they better not, or I will have a bad attitude. But does anybody else get stuck living in the not yet? Anybody other than me? And listen, we get there, and when your sights are on the not yet, and what God hasn't done yet in your life, do you have a good attitude or a bad attitude? A good attitude or a bad attitude? Which one? A bad attitude. attitude. And and listen, some people live in the not yet for their entire life. And so what if, what if instead, you set your sights on what God has already done in your life? And I just wrote some things down for me, and I'm a little excited about this, and so listen to this. Let me show you a different perspective. God has forgiven me already. God sent his son Jesus so I can have hope already. God is with me and promises to never leave me already. God has put my name in the Lamb's Book of Life, also known as Heaven's Guest Book, already. God made the two cysts in my son's brain before he was born go away already. God took care of me and Stacy 12 years ago when we were so poor. (laughs) A special occasion meant going to McDonald's, baby, okay? He provided for us already. God has taken care of me for 37 years, already. God saw that I did the laundry, already. (laughs) God has put breath in my lungs, a roof over my head, and Mountain Dew in my refrigerator, already. Come on, somebody. God is guiding me, already. God is strengthening me, already. God is working out my future, already. God is uh, giving me hope, already. God is good, Already God is faithful, already God calls me a friend, already God hears my prayers, already God is in control already, and God loves me with an unconditional, never-ending love already. Is anybody excited about what God has already done? That is living in the already, and so why are you tripping about what God hasn't done yet? And listen, just because God's not done it yet doesn't mean he won't do it. And, and I don't know who this is for. I thought about this all week. I think this is, this is so important. You've got, you got to remember this. When we live between the already and the not yet, it, a lot of times we live in the not yet and we think about our problems. Problems are evidence that God isn't real or that God doesn't care. They're reminders that he's not done. Problems are not evidence that God doesn't care. They're reminders that he's not done. And so you got to set your sights on God, and that will change your attitude. Remember the already, and set your sights on, Paul said, on heaven. And I believe when we set our sights on heavenly things, that's when we do the most earthly good. And so the first thing is you got to set your sights on God. The, the second and final attitude vaccination is to set your sights on good. Set your sights on good. So speaking of good, I... Uh, I saw this article the other day in the news, and it was, it was so good. I was like, I'm going to preach about that. I was like, I don't even know if it's going to fit. I'm going to squeeze it in. I'm going to make it work. And so it's this article, and uh, it was about this prisoner uh, in Iowa. And we have a, his picture. We'll put it on the screen. It's coming. I think we have his picture. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is, this is Benjamin Schreiber, And Benjamin here, he was uh, serving a life sentence in Iowa. And back in 2015, this guy got, got super sick, and so he got so sick that the, the guards at the hospital thought he was going to die, so they rushed him to the hospital, and his, his heart actually stopped beating five different times. And all the doctors came in, and they were able to like, you know, bring him back to life, and at one point, his, his heart uh, stopped beating for an en- entire minute, and he, he legally he died. And so um, he ended up getting better. The doctors brought him back to life. And here, here's where the story gets good, okay? Benjamin, he, he gets better. He goes back to the prison, and he starts thinking. He's like, I have a life sentence, and I died for a minute. And so if I have a life sentence and I legally die for a minute, I serve my sentence, I should be free. Look, that's at least creative, right? If I'm the judge, I'm at least considering. I'm like, oh, you got, you got that's a good idea right there. Um, and so Benjamin, he actually put a motion in with the state of Iowa to be set free. And they're like, no, Benjamin, get back in the van. You're going back to prison. But in his mind, his death, his death for one minute is his, was his ticket to freedom. And, and that is something that Paul is going to actually argue about us in the next verse, that our death is our ticket to freedom. And so let me let me show you. See how I tied that in? I, I was gonna tie this this uh, that news article in. I had to make it come in. But here here here's um the tie in that, that Paul says. He says this in verse 3 for you, you what? You died, like Benjamin Schreiber. You died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ. In God, Which means, okay, a little side note. Okay, that means when you become a Jesus follower, your old life, that old you, is dead. And that life sentence is paid. And so he says, for you died to this life, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And, and this is so good. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. I, lo- I love that verse. I think it's so good. And, and the meaning of this verse is, when you become a Jesus follower... Your old self is dead. Y- your, your death is your ticket to freedom, which means, which means your life sentence is paid. Is anybody thankful for that? I mean, your life sentence is paid. And, and I think we forget about that sometimes. And so I, I just want to tell you what this verse means for me, what it means for you, what it means for all of us, okay? And so I wrote this stuff down too, okay? It says this means that you're dead to the addiction that wants to drown you. That's good news. You're dead to the voices that try to define you. You're dead to the failures that want to disqualify you. You're dead to the guilt that wants to control you. You're dead to the labels that people put on you. You are dead to the labels that you put on you. You are dead to the temptations. You are dead to the fear. You are dead to the divorce. You are dead to the DUI. You are dead to the family drama. You are dead to sin. You are dead to that embarrassing moment. You are dead to life before Jesus. And you're dead to everything in your life that is less than what Jesus wants for your life. You, as a Jesus follower, you are dead to those things. Your death is your ticket to freedom. And so you are free. And if you want that for your life, just say, I am free. Man, that's not very excitable. Come on. If you want that, say, I am free. I am free. It's good. I'm giving you all good news. Now, listen. I, I know. I know. Some of you, you, you hear this. You know, I'm free. And you're like, okay, that's good. That's good, Pastor Joel. Got me so hyped up. My glasses even fogged up. Well, that's your face mask is making the glasses fog up, really. Um, but if you're like me, you're probably like, okay, I came in here. You said you are going to help us with a bad attitude. And you're just like rah-rah on us. Can, can you give me something a little practical? Can you give me something I can do something with? And so if you're the practical person in the room, listen, I am you. And so I'm going to end this today by giving you some practical things to help with a bad attitude. So you ready for the practical? Okay, here's the practical. We're going to throw this up on the screen. We're going to get real practical. This is how you can set your sights on good. The first thing is good health. Now, when the pandemic started, um, you remember when everything just kind of closed down? You remember that? Everything closed down. Okay, in one week I feel like like my kids' school closed down, my gym closed down, the church closed down, the beach closed down. I'm looking at Stacy, I'm like, my whole life just closed down. <laughs> and everything closed down. And so like all of a sudden, like me and Stacy, we started living like college kids. We were going to bed at like 1 a.m. every night. We're like watching Netflix until the message that would pop up that would say, Are you still watching? You know you're watching too much Netflix when that that message comes up like, "Hello, are you even alive in your living room?" Like, and so we were we would stay up to one a.m. watching Netflix, eating old Bay cheese curls. Come on! I stopped going to the gym. Okay, does this sound like anybody else? Like you just just kind of gave up. And I'll be honest, I kind of liked it for a little bit. Like it just kind of took a little break. But then I started, like, not liking it. It wasn't great. Like, I was tired. I was unmotivated. I had a bad attitude. And my health was, like, the COVID-19 started setting in. You know what I'm talking about? And so um, here's what I started doing about a month ago, just to kind of get back in the rhythm of good health. Um, This is what I'm doing. Every morning, or let's start at nighttime. I go to bed every night at 930 now. During a weekday. 930. My dog is in his igloo at 930, you guys. So go to bed at 9.30. I wake up at 5.30 every morning, and I read my Bible from 5.30 to 6. And, uh, and then from 6 to 6.30, I, p- I pump iron in my bedroom. Y- you can tell, a little swole, right? Just nod your head yes, even if you don't see it. So I work out from 6 to 6.30. Then I, then I cook my kids breakfast, um, and then I go on a four-mile uh, run. And then I come home uh, from running outside, and I get ready for work. I get my kids ready for school. I drop my kids off to school. I go to work. I'm at work by 8 a.m. I've read my Bible. I've worked out. I eat 28 almonds at work. This is a true story. And I drink a Mountain Dew for breakfast, all right? You can't be completely healthy, everybody. Um, But this is is what my day looks like at this point. And, And at first, it was super hard to do that. But now, listen, I am so much happier with a schedule in my life. So who's going to wake up at 5.30 with me this week? You're just going to do it? <laughs> That's because you already do it, all right? That's what that is. But here's my thing. Here's the reason I brought that up. is because, like, I have a schedule Monday through Friday for, for, from sunup to sundown so that I, I can feel a little healthier in my life. And so if you feel, like, bogged down and worn out and struggling with a bad attitude, I, I would just ask you this. What's your schedule look like? What's your day look like? And what's one thing that you can add to your day every single day to have good health? Just one thing, okay? Not, not 17 things, not like, oh, I guess I'm going to become a marathon runner or vegan and I'm going to start a kale farm, okay? No, 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 that's just <laughs> too many things. One thing so that you can have good health and a good attitude. Another thing, okay, set your sights on the good. The next thing is good news. When the pandemic started, every morning I wake up whenever, and uh, the first thing I look at is Apple News, and it was bad. Bad, bad. And then I would go on Facebook, you know, get a little happy, see what my friends are doing. Everybody's fighting on there. So that was bad news. And then I'd go back to Apple News. That was bad news. And all day long, i kind of look at the news cycle. And then at 6.30, um, my dad would turn on the CBS Evening News. Because I don't know if you heard, but I still live with my parents. I said, whatever's on his TV is on my TV. And so, and that was all bad news. And so it was just all bad news. And so finally, one day, I was like, that's it. I'm not going to watch the news today, and I'm not going on Facebook today. Cutting it out. And I cut it out for one day, and and it was amazing. I was like, "This is living right here." And so here's what I'm doing. How, how I'm kind of approaching this right now is I am allowing myself only 30 minutes a day to either watch the news or be on Facebook combined. 30 minutes, okay. That way I stay informed because I think that's important. But I don't live in it all day, every day. And I don't know if you've noticed, but when you live in the news all day, every day, you're I, I'm stressed out. Anybody get stressed out when you watch that all day? And so, if you feel overwhelmed, here's just here's just a thought to get some good news in your life. Every time this week you want to look at bad news, you want to look at the news. What if instead you stopped and you just thank God for the good news in your life? Instead of watching the bad news, you thank God for your kids, you thank God for your family, you thank God for your new car or whatever you got rocking up there in the parking lot. You thank God for you thank God that the Orioles haven't lost any games yet this season because they haven't played any games, but we are undefeated, but it's okay. You just thank God for some good news. Every time you want to look at some bad news, just replace that and thank God for some good news that you already have in your life. So that's a way to have some some good news and set your sights on the good. And the last thing is this, um, good friends. So two months into the pandemic, uh, Bo Dukes, our worship leader, he he called me. He's like, hey, man, you want to go porching? I was like, excuse me? He said, um, every, he said, I haven't seen you for like two months. We talked on the phone. We, like, message each other. But, like, I haven't seen you for, for two months. And he said, every night I sit on my porch and I watch the, the sunset, me and my wife Katie do. And he said, I call it porching. You want to come porching one night? I was like, sure. That's even more redneck than I have ever. I mean, I'm, I'm, like, from Sussex County. That's redneck, bud. And so I'm like, okay. And so one night, um, me, my brother Tim, Phil, who was on the stage earlier, and Bo, we went over to boat and we went porching. And we sat on his front porch. It was the first time I hung out with my friends since all this happened. And it was awesome. Like, porching is legit. You should definitely go porching. But my, my point is this. I believe the quality of your friendships in your life will determine the quality of your life. And, and so you need to go porching, people. Now, I don't have a porch, so you can't all come over to my house. But, like, you need to find somebody to, to, to go porching with. And my question for you is this. Who is sitting on your porch with you? Are they giving you a good attitude or a bad attitude? If they're giving you a bad attitude, there's this thing called physical distancing. But you need some people in your life that you can sit on the porch and hang out with. I'm telling you, they have, my friends have changed my attitude in my life so much. And so we're talking good friends, good news, good health. Is anybody going to try to add any of this good into your life this week? Anybody going to do this with me? Again, anybody going to wake up at 5.30 with me this week? Already do. Already do. Just be Okay, that's fine. So here's the thing. I really believe that when you set your sights on God and you set your sights on good, it changes everything. It doesn't matter if there's a, a virus crisis, a marriage crisis, a friendship crisis. Listen, the God and the good in your life can give you hope no matter how hopeless things feel around you. I'm gonna end with this. Um, right before the pandemic happened, me and my wife and my whole family went to one of our Bayshore groups and I have a picture I took from that night. Um, this is Bill and Jill's Bayshore group. So shout out Bill and Jill if you're watching. And this is, Basically the world's largest small group. It's huge. Um, and you, you want to be in on this small group because they feed you good. Look at that. T- doesn't that look like Thanksgiving dinner right there? Like the table set up? I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, but at the end of the table, I'm going to try to point them out. Right at the very end, there's this guy right there. His head's poking out. I'm going to show you guys over here. Right here. This is, this is Sean. And Sean has been a part of our church Um, for a really, really long time. Awesome guy. Um, But I found out a couple months ago that Sean actually has cancer. And um, Sean, because of the type of cancer he has, he has to go through these intense chemo sessions that can last for up to 24 to 30 hours at one time. And uh, it's so intense that uh, at times, Sean told me that there was was moments where he wasn't even sure his body could handle the the chemo and so he's been in it it's it's been bad and so I, t- I talked to um Sean a couple weeks ago and I was like Sean how you doing and Sean said you know I'm, I'm, I'm hanging in there and he said Joel I, I keep on praying and saying God what do you want to what do you want me to do during this season of my life and he said I feel like God told me Sean said I feel like God told me that I want you to pray for people and so Sean said, this is what I do. When I, go, when I go to my chemo sessions, my 30-hour chemo sessions, he said, I just, I just ask everybody, can I pray for you? And he says, I'll say to the nurses, can I pray for you? And the nurses look at him crazy like, pray for me. You're the one in here getting chemo. And he's like, yeah, I, I want to pray for you. And he says, he told me, he's like, I, I pray for these nurses. And he said, it brings them so much joy when you just pray for them. And he said, I pray for the other patients around me who are getting chemo. And he he had all this happiness in his voice. And he's like, Joel, I get so happy that I get to pray for all these people. And and when he said that to me, it hit me like a brick wall. I thought, if Sean can see the good and see God, set his sights on God, in the middle of 30-hour chemo sessions and have a good attitude, then we can all set our sights on the good And set our sights on God and have a good attitude. And Sean, man, when you told me that, I know you may be watching right now. I know you're in the hospital. But I know um, that when you told me that, man, it inspired me so much. And I think you're inspiring all of us today. And we're actually going to pray for you as we close up today's service. But here's the thing, church. The God and the good in your life, when you focus on that, that can give you hope no matter how hopeless things feel around you. And I think Sean's story teaches us that. And and I don't know about you, but I don't want Jesus to just be king of my life. I want him to be king of my attitude. And so I'm choosing to set my sights on the good and set my sights on God. Why? Because if you want a better life, you got to choose a better attitude. All right, let me pray for you guys. Jesus, I just want to start by praying out for for Sean. And God, I, I just know that you are with him and that you are—you um, have put doctors around him. You have put nurses around him. You have put people around him that can help him. But God, you are the one who can ultimately help him. So God, I just pray that you'll comfort Sean right now in this moment. I pray that you'll start healing his body right now in this moment. I pray that you will give him hope. I pray for his wife, Linda, that you will comfort her and let her know she's got a whole church supporting her and her husband. And God, I just pray that you'll just do a miracle work in Sean's life right now in his body right now and I pray for all of us who just you know hear this and we go through all these moments all day long that we can have a bad attitude and God I just pray that this week when life hits us we will choose to look and set our sights on the good and we will choose to set our sights on God On you, Jesus. And and your word says to set our sights on the realities of heaven and help that be our sight all week long. Help that to trickle into our good health, our good news, our good friends. And Jesus, I just pray that we'll go out with a light to just show people the hope you have for all of us. And Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you so much that we don't have to feel hopeless, but you give us hope. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen.